0: It says count it all joy, and this looks like an impossible uh, thing to do, but it said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Point number one, beloved, your faith is going to be tried. Your testimony is going to be tested, amen. If you're a child of God, that does not mean you're not going to uh, escape from the negative and the unpleasant consequences of living in a sin-cursed world. As the children of God, we will experience trials, but those trials that we go through are for our benefit, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. Now, nobody don't want patience. You know, but it's, it's, I've heard it years ago. Oh, you better not pray for patience. The Lord will put you in situations where you have to be patient. But the thing in verse 4 is this. Let patience have its perfect work. There is a work that patience will accomplish in the life of the child of God. Why? That we may be perfect and complete. We are intimidated by the verses in the New Testament that present to us the possibility of maturity, perfection, and completeness. We're intimidated by this. We look at the standards set forth in the word of God. We look at us and we say it is impossible. But the good news is this. With God, all things are possible. You can mature. You can be perfect in that sense. Not a question of infallibility, but a question of perfection from the heavenly Father's point of view. When he looks down and sees that our sins have been washed away, and his spirit abides in us, and his love abides in us, and we are demonstrating his love every day that we live. He has declared it as a standard. He said, when I see that, it's perfect in my sight. We're intimidated because you go, going, oh, Brother Andy, I got weaknesses. I got troubles and tr-, you know, all this other stuff, and I, I could never be perfect. I could never you know, reach that particular You know, Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Boy, that's intimidating, isn't it? How how can I possibly experience the achievement of that standard? We do it by the grace of God. It's his unmerited favor. I have good news for every person in this house this morning. It is the will of God for him to accomplish a work in you that is so good, it will amaze you what he'll do in your life if you'll let him. Amen. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I'm going to get down here with you for a few minutes, and I'm going to get back up. I told you Wednesday night that the the, the genesis of this message message took place I almost said mess. The genesis of this message took place in a Japanese restaurant. You ever been to a Japanese restaurant? I mean, the one where the griddle is right in front of you, and this guy comes out, looks like a sumo. I mean, not a sumo, but like a a samurai. There you go. And we we went to the the, the diet uh, cause. Oh, by the way, Kaylee is in uh, Nebraska. She made it. Praise the Lord. And another note I was going to share with folks, this lady from Blue Ridge just absolutely knocked the bar out of our overhead in the back. That's why you can't go around all the way to the back. You can cut through, but you can't go around. You know why? She's come with that big old fifth wheel around. She said, honey, I don't think we can make it. And her husband said, yeah, go ahead. We can make it. Bam. They didn't make it. So anyway, we are spending some time with Kaylee before she leaves to go to Nebraska to the all-girls school where she is going to learn to be a physical therapist. But that ain't got nothing to do with this. We go into the restaurant. It's the Itchy Bond. You might have been to Itchy Bond. Raise your hand down in Rome. Down in the corner of, the, of the, that new shopping center. So we go in and we're seated, you know, right there, we're kind of encircling that griddle. But over to our right are three people. There is a lady and a gentleman and a younger lady. And the uh, lady looked like she maybe in her 40s. Uh, the gentleman, the, here, here's the thing for us motorcycle riders. The gentleman had on a Harley shirt, but he didn't look like he had one. He looked like he had a shirt. Can I get amen from four people right here? Y'all know what I mean? got the shirt. Yeah, walking around with the shirt. Where's the bike go with the shirt? Anyway. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, and I am getting to a point here. And we sit there and they didn't, you know, that they bring out the soup first. I like to go to a restaurant where they give you something right off the bat. That's why I go to a re- Mexican restaurant. And you know, I mean, right off the bat, have some chips and sauce. Yeah, buddy, right. Here. I'm starving to death. They brought them out to the soup, and had these little old deals for a spoon that looked like a mini trough. It takes a little getting used to to, you know, to figure out how you use that dude. So they had their soup. They had their salad. They had their drink. They had their sweet tea, and they're sitting, and they're sitting, and they're sitting. And all of a sudden, they just got impatient. And that lady, she got up, and I thought, well, where's she going? She walks down, and she talks to the main waitress. And, boy, her arms are flailing, and she's just giving her down the road. And the other two folks got up, and they left. Walked right out. Two minutes after they left, here comes samurai Joe or whatever his name was to cook our meal. And it was great. I mean, I you know, y'all know if, if I brag on something to eat, I ate a lot. I don't brag on everything I eat, but I'm telling you everything I ate that night was great. That cat come out, he got one of these little you know, red chef hat deals on and he starts flipping. He took eggs out, spun them on that grill, and took a spatula, throw them dudes up there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, he could do it, boy, and I was going, wow. And I thought to myself, if I tried to do that, there'd be egg everywhere, you know. And he kept throwing it, and spinning it through, it, and one of them landed in his hat, and he put one in his pocket, and he had a third when he spun it. I thought, boy, I wonder where he's going to put it. And he didn't put it nowhere. He just cracked it, and and then he took the one out of his hat, and one out of his pocket, and he, and he cracked it and put it in the rice and all this other stuff. But I said all that to say this. These folks, because of their impatience, they missed a great meal. If they had only waited a couple of more minutes, they wouldn't have missed it. You know what them folks probably did? They probably went down and ate a crystal. <laughs> or they went through McDonald's drive through or something but I I, I you know I, I would dare say I wouldn't think them folks got any kind of meal any close to what we ate when that guy come out there and start all this flipping and then he blew I, I mean also when he blows this thing up sets everything on fire I think it was Brent said that's fixing to get hot. I said I ain't afraid no man woo! I thought I felt on my eyebrows make sure I still had them and little Ian Conley said make a volcano I said no son we don't need a volcano but it did. It made it out of onions and poured that stuff in there. It. I got the steak and shrimp. I was full when I left, and it was a great meal. Now, I'm going to ask these folks to give me some money after saying all this. About it, you know, the commercial that we had in the, in the church this morning. It was a great meal. It was great. Everything I ate was great. That soup was great. That salad, all of it. Sweet tea was good. All that stuff was great. And after we got through, some more folks would come in on the other end. And lo and behold, if, one of the, if that lady, was with another man, she got up, and she started grabbing to the waitress too because it was taking too long. Old gal, you know, I could tell she felt bad. And after we prayed and we was on our way out, I just felt a, a particular nudging of the Lord. She said, you need to go over there and say something to that gal. So I walked right over her. I said, ma'am, I said, I don't know what's wrong with these people, but that was worth the wait. She said, well, I was wondering if we was doing anything wrong. I said, y'all ain't doing nothing wrong. That's worth the wait. These people got problems. problem. These people got trouble. They are so impatient. They cannot wait for something good. If you want a Big Mac, they can give you one in two minutes. If you want a steak, you need to sit down and get comfortable. Amen. You want something good, it's going to take a while. But if you wait, it'll be worth it. Can I get amen? Now that's the foundation. We're going to the word of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning verse number 3, the apostle Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Take notice, the standard of success for for the apostle from his perspective is that their are faith is growing and they love one another. Amen. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your what? Patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. You're not going to hear this on Christian television. You're not going to hear some guy on TBN or Daystar or any of those other channels tell you this. You will experience suffering in this life. It doesn't matter who you are. Amen. Now we just, you know, glory to God. It's going to ha- I'd rather forewarn you and to the best of my ability from the word of God prepare you to be able to encounter what's going to happen. Adam and Eve sinned and this world was cursed from that moment to this moment. These bodies that we inhabit will not inherit the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. I have no desire to spend eternity in this. I have every desire to spend eternity in a glorified body, even similar unto that of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to not be hurting no more. Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, the older I get, people ask me, how you doing, brother? I say, I'm doing okay for an old man. I didn't used to say that. I went around, what was it, Wendy's the other night. There was young guys. I say, how you doing, sir? I say, I'm doing all right for an old man. He said, oh, don't make me feel bad. I said, boy, you better enjoy this. He was, he was probably still in high school. You better enjoy this because before you know it, you're going to jump down, turn around, pick a bell of cotton, and you're going to be 60 years old. Because I remember when I was your age, amen. It's going to happen. But the church at Thessalonica was commended for their patience and faith. They encountered the trial. They encountered the tribulation. They encountered that which was negative, but they did not let it affect their walk and their faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ, they waited it out. They waited it out. Acts 1 and 4, we're all familiar with this. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. Now there were more than 120 people that heard the Lord give these instructions. Ten days later, they were down to 120 But let me tell you, not one of them from that 120 that remained until they did receive the promise of the comforter regretted the fact that they waited for the promise of the comforter. Not one of them. They didn't regret what happened. They were glad that they stayed. Because you know what? On a day that looked just like any other day, a day I'm convinced, this is my personal conviction, that there wasn't a cloud in the sky. I don't believe the wind was, was outside was moving at all. And suddenly, suddenly, praise God, here it came. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a wind. There were cloven tongues like an as a fire. That means a flicker of flame lit on each and every one of them. And they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost, and all of them, all 120 without exception, began to speak in an unknown language as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And all they had to do, whoo, glory! All they had to do to receive it was wait for it. Wait for it. Didn't have to buy it, didn't have to make any effort. All they had to do was what Jesus told them to do go to Jerusalem. And wait. We don't like to wait. We're impatient. We want it now. Amen. That's why we go down here to the $5 pizza place. You can pull up to, come on now, you can pull up to the window. I need a cheese pizza. There it is. Hot and ready. Five bucks. You get what you pay for. If I'm hungry, I'll eat it. If I'm not, I'll wait on something. But you know what I'm talking about? We wait eagerly for, and here's the thing, the Lord has given us something worth waiting for. Let's find out what it is. Romans 8 and 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If we hope for what we do not see, amen. Philippians 3 and 20. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also, wait, here it comes, eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. same apostle wrote to the church in Thessalonica, 1 and 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. How many folks in this house are excited about the fact that you have embraced the Lord Jesus Christ, you have believed on him, you know that you are saved, as saved as you are ever going to get, and if the breath were to come out of your body today, you know that you will leave this world, but you will enter into an eternal kingdom. How many are glad this morning that you can say, I am not going to hell when I die. I am not going to be left behind at the resurrection. Praise God you saved and you know it, say amen. amen. Hebrews 9 and 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who listen. What? Eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin to salvation. How many folks in this house believe that Jesus Christ, this same Jesus, that the angels told the disciples on the Mount of Olives, when he said, this same Jesus will come back. Is anybody in this house, do you believe this same Jesus of the Bible, of the New Testament, who is raised from the dead, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he's making intercession for everybody who will call on his name, how many in this house can say, I believe that he is going to come back? And he is going to come back for me. Praise God. He's going to snatch my carcass off of the planet earth. Hallelujah. I'll be meeting him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. We are to eagerly wait for him. My last scripture from Titus, 2 and 11. We we read a part of this. We, We don't read the rest of it like we ought to For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. When's the last time you heard that on TV? You haven't. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. See, that's the killer. I mean that that's you know everybody wants to be saved everybody wants to go to heaven but people you know I don't know if I want to live right or not what is my motivation for living right I'm fixing to share it with you in the 13th verse looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous of good works. Speak these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. You know why I didn't rob a bank last week? Because I believe that Jesus is coming back today. You know what my motivation is? To submit myself to the Word of God? To come to an altar of prayer and say, Lord, your will, not my will, be done? Amen. To embrace His standard of living for my life? Woo! Sorry, I had to let it out. To deny myself the pleasure of this world. Amen. <laughs> Glory! To deny myself. What this world has to offer if I will only leave the table and go get it. Why ain't you a millionaire, brother Andy? Because I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm not looking for him a year from now. I'm looking for him today. You know why that first century church had power? Because they lived every day in the expectation of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read the word. They're standing on the Mount of Olives. He's taken up. Do they walk away? They're standing there looking up. Two minutes, five minutes. They would have stayed there till they dropped dead. Had not the angel reminded them what the Lord told them to do and reassured them of this truth. This same Jesus, whom you saw go, will come again in like manner. Hallelujah. This same Jesus is going to come back for a church that he has redeemed, that he has purified, that he has prepared to inhabit an eternal kingdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what the saddest thing in the world is? Is for somebody to leave the table two minutes before the king comes. That's the saddest thing in the world to have been at the table, to have already received and earned. It goes right back. Them folks had they had their soup, they had their salad, they had their they had already received in earnest. Had they not? Of the meal that was coming. They already had their soup. They had already eaten the salad. They had already partaken of that. Which was promised them. And even after they had experienced that. Because of their impatience. They leave the table. Walk out the door. Two minutes. Before the chef comes. Beloved. Do not. Allow the enemy to deceive you. Stay at the table. Stay at the table. We have received in earnest. We've received our soup and salad and our sweet tea or whatever you drink with that. Have we not? What is this spirit who inhabits our bodies? Praise God. Is he not the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? When I get back to the Father, did not the Lord say, I will speak with him, pray I will talk to him, and he will send you another comforter? Does not this Holy Spirit who inhabits us, who blesses us, were you not blessed this morning as the choir sang? Praise God. I love you, Rich, but you ain't the greatest singer. But I'll tell you what. I'd rather hear Richie White sing, "He is my treasure," than some yahoo that could really lay it down in whom the Spirit of God does not dwell. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What's up It's the presence of the Spirit of God. If you were paying attention at all while that choir sang this morning, if you were at all sensitive to the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place then you have experienced the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. You have everything you need to tell anybody in that world who would dare debate you. I used to work in cotton mill years ago. Some of you, I've heard this. And you know, oh, Lord, brother, they ain't gonna tell a cotton mill story. Half of you heard this 500 times. Some of you, ain't never heard it once for the benefit of those who have never heard this one time. Brother Andy, you work at the cotton mill? Yeah, buddy. I worked for Cecil Parish in the cotton mill in the cloth room back in the good old days. We were the princes of the cotton mill. Man, we got to leave. We were the only department that got to leave for lunch and come back anyway. I sat rolls. That's manual labor. That's busting the sweat with a Korean guy that could do, do absolutely sack me under the table. But we had a lady who was a billing clerk, and I, you know, I was nice and sweet and all this stuff. And she went to a church that don't believe nothing like we do. And she told me that she was going out to Texas to see I think it was to see her sister, one of her relatives. So she got all and, and this has happened to me more than once. She got all bowed up, I don't know if her pastor, prepped her or whatever, but buddy, she was coming at me. She didn't believe in no speaking in tongues. She didn't believe in no baptism in none. She was a cessationist. And her church were cessationist people. They don't believe in, in nothing like we do. Boy, here she come at me. And I said, well, I can give her the, you know, the standard. No, 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 that's not wrong. You're not, you know, there is no baptism in the Holy Ghost. You're not supposed to speak in tongues, blah, 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 blah. And I could, have, I could have responded to her scripturally, not as good as, as Dolas or Brother Byron could have. And I was, you know, I was prepped to do that. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, no, son, don't say anything like that. You just say what I tell you. Boy, I, she gave her a long spiel, and at the end, of, she said, I said, can I talk now? She said, yeah. I said, where'd you say you were going? Huh? What trip? you going on a trip. Where'd you say you was going? Oh, I'm going to Texas to see. I said, no, you're not. She said, what? I said, you're not going to Texas. She said, why not? I said, because there ain't no Texas. I ain't ever been to Texas. Proves to me that Texas exists. You know what Texas is? It's a conspiracy. Them Russians. They're trying to make all of us down here in Georgia believe that Texas exists when it don't. There ain't no Texas. Well, you're crazy. I can show it to you on the map. Map's a lie. Produced by people in conspiracy with the Soviet Union. Communist. Texas is a communist plot against all of us people in Georgia. Now, you know, you know and she, by this time, she was like, wait a minute. Where would I lose command of this conversation? You've got to be nuts. You're off your rock. You know that there's a, there ain't no, t-. and I kept, this went on for a few minutes. And finally, she got to some exasperation, and the Lord gave me the punchline. I said, gal, let me tell you something. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, I've been to Texas. Amen. End of conversations. End of debate. Praise God. Why do you people do what you do? Amen. Because we worship a living Savior. Let me tell you what this church is not. This church is not a, an ordinary church. Okay? In as much, and, and I'm, I'm proud of this congregation because we're not. We're not in a business We're a family. We come here to worship the Lord. We come here to obey God. And if that means walking around the sanctuary for service and getting prayed for, that's what we're going to do, brother. We're going to obey God. Amen. You know why? Because we're not out to impress man. We are here to worship God. But that's a good thing. You know why? Because this same Jesus is still a healer. This same Jesus still forgive you your sins, friend. This same Jesus will touch you. This same Jesus is a deliverer. Are you addicted this morning? You came to the right place. Praise God. Because we believe that with God all things are possible. It is the heritage that has been given to us by our Pentecostal forefathers. We come together with a Conviction that God can do anything in this house at any time. And that nobody, no matter what their situation is, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, there is an altar they can go to. There is a Jesus to whom they can pray. There is a Holy Spirit who can move on them. Praise God. And accomplish the will of God in their life. Hallelujah. Amen. There you go, sis. Praise God. Let the baby lead them. Amen. I appreciate that. We believe there's a Jesus worth waiting on. We believe there is a Jesus who is worthy that we endure the trials and tribulations of living in this sin-cursed world. Amen. We believe in a Jesus who's coming soon and very soon, maybe even today. The grace of God teaches us how we ought to live. What is the motivation for us to embrace what the grace of God teaches us? Jesus could come back today. Today. Woo! Today. (laughs) Brother, what does that mean? How many of y'all in debt? No, I don't raise your hand. How many of y'all got credit card debt? How many of y'all owe the IRS? Or anybody else? You know what happens when Jesus comes back? You can have it. For those of you who don't know, I'll let you know. I ride a Harley Davidson. You know, if you don't, well, we're praying for you. I cleaned it up for a bike run. didn't happen Saturday. I got a boat that I didn't buy was given to me. I got a pickup truck. I got an old Lincoln Continental. What else I got? I got got an aluminum boat. I got a bunch of uh, shop, a bunch of tools. All I'm saying is this. When Jesus comes, I'm waving it all goodbye. There ain't nothing in this world Worth missing the rapture for Nothing There ain't nobody in this world Young people Worth missing the rapture for Nobody Nobody My God I'm telling you he, He's pressing this on me young people Don't, uh, uh, If you go down to the Gulf Coast the, uh, you, you ask him about old brother Andy they say, That's that guy uh, That preached that message at Morning at youth camp at Forts Lake Yeah I know him He's from Solval. I can't even pronounce it the way he does. And if you ask them what message really, you know, has stayed with him, I mean over the years has stayed with them, When old Brother Andy got up at Fort Slate Youth Camp in the morning service and preached this simple message, do not marry no crazy person. That's what I preached. And I had moms and dads come up to me, Brother Andy, God bless you. Marshall, Ladcock come up to me and said, Brother Andy, it's too late for me. I said, I know, Brother Marshall. <laughs> Sister Paige is a godly woman. We love her dearly. What I'm saying all that is to say this. Don't leave the table. Don't leave the table. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't give up. Brother Andy, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what the person next to you is going through. There are people out there who would gladly trade places with you. There's a bunch of them over here at Oakview Nursing Home. They'd be glad to do it. No matter what your situation is, it is not as bad as it could be. But the difference for us is the old song, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Praise God. And He is coming back for a bride who has made herself ready. I'm trying to land this plane as quick as I can. What we should be Concerned with what we should concentrate on is getting ready for that great and grand and glorious day when our Lord Jesus Christ steps out from the right hand of the Father and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ rise first. They get, And by that, they get their glorified bodies first. And immediately after that happens, those of us who are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know somebody that waited at the table until the chef came. You know somebody who waited at the table until Jesus came and got him. Your sister waited at the table. Your mom and daddy waited at the table. Amen. You have, woo, you have a lot to look forward to. Praise God. Not how they looked before they left. My mama waited at the table. Praise God. Brother Andy, why haven't you cried because your mama died? Why haven't you cried yet? Because the Holy Ghost was in that room. He gave out a message in tongues, interpretation, and told me to weep not as others who have no hope. He let me and my family know that my mama was in the presence of the Lord, that the angels had come down and got her. My God, how can I cry? How can I mourn? How can I be sorrowful? My mama spent five years in a nursing home. She couldn't move. She can now. She can now. Praise God. And I'm going to see her when I meet that city. Amen. If I don't leave the table, I'll see her. If I don't leave the table, I will receive and experience eternal life in the presence of Almighty God. Stand to your feet. He's done with me.